special is in the air here. Long. Games. Brees Hall over the right side, powering in, touchdown Cyclones. Out to the 10, to the left side, to the 5, touchdown! Oh my goodness, what a touch by Wall. Welcome back to another edition of Sounds and Sirens. It's, uh, Fire up. It's not the cheesiest... <laughs> Way to start the episode, but here we are. <laughs> Not the cheesiest. I think it was pretty cheesy. So, uh, yeah, it was a very... Uh, Where do we start? Very weird game. Kind of feels like we woke up. This, I woke up, and the, the morning I found out that Mike Rose is not playing. That was a big, like, because uh, now now that the game's over and we lost, that Mike Rose is 0-2, when Mike Rosen's playing, it's just a bummer that he wasn't able to go or he decided not to, which I completely understand because it's hard to get – if you get injured in the cheese at bowl and you're not going to – it lowers your draft stock, especially micros. what Mike Rose has done with Iowa State. He has nothing to even be ashamed – nothing even to be ashamed about. He uh, – one of the best – probably the best linebacker we ever had at Iowa State. It's probably close with him and A.J. Klein, but – it was just a tough way to end such a great era and uh, Iowa State history. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I don't know, having one. We basically had one receiver. Jaylen, yeah, that was crazy. Jalen Knoll was the only receiver we had. It was Sean Shaw made a couple played well. a couple moments, yeah. Sean Shaw came in, played pretty good, and, which is nice to see him healthy because I think it I don't think he was healthy all year, so that's why I didn't get a play. Do we know what his injury was? I don't know if no. I ever heard that. No. no. Nothing's really public, with, especially the Iowa State injuries. You don't hear a dang thing. I thought you heard that Rose was hurt, and that was the, kind of the deciding factor. I don't he know. Got dinged up or something? It's, yeah. It's, uh, I can't believe that he would that's practice. I, that's the, what I read. I mean, I can't believe that he would practice the entire time and then you know pull out 24 hours or 12 hours before without something else going on. Yeah, so I got Michael from Iowa City and Craig, as always. What's up? Um, uh, we meet, my meme, my Craig have been going back and forth about like the <laughs> bowl games and like how it's kind of changed the last couple of years. I don't know if maybe it's just me getting because the media is just like portraying the playoff as they all they talk about is a playoff. Like before the game. They did not mention the game that was in three minutes until there's three minutes to go. Oh, yeah, Clemson, Iowa State's in three minutes. And, uh, yeah, we're going to Orlando. But that's that's they because just, it's it, not a, that big of a bowl. I mean, you had two teams that were that underachieved. Both were in the top ten preseason, and this was a consolation prize of a season that didn't work out the way it was. I mean, it was, wasn't like they were going to bring game day to Orlando. But, like, talk about a little bit, like ten minutes at least, like, Who's turning into the game? Iowa State fans and the Clemson fans. Yeah, you don't. Even I don't know either. It. I mean, it's just it was just. It's ESPN. ESPN. ESPN has gone downhill extremely yeah. fast, and their coverage wasn't any better. I mean, it was like it was wa- like watching Penny Hardaway again last night. I mean, we watched Dabo Sweeney do Dancing with the Stars up and down the sideline the whole time, and never got. The only time I saw Campbell is when he freaked out about the band not shutting up yeah. when we were trying and 
screwed up our uh, snap count one time. But, yeah, ESPN has got a long ways to go. I think Fox is a lot better than they are right now, and I wish some of these bowl games would have been on Fox. But so yeah, just my opinion. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's one thing that'll hopefully change. I don't know the details of, like, the bowls and the contracts they have with TV providers, but I think that would be one way to revamp bowls and to be have it on different networks just because yeah. I think games are much more fun to watch on other networks. And I think one thing that irritated me, I, I sound like such a, I don't know, but to start the game, the announcers, like every other time they said one of our players, it was the wrong play. Oh, right. Yeah. It was, it was just like, they were guessing and they didn't seem like they prepared for this matchup at all. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to, sell a product when you're the people selling it aren't too excited about even being there. And I don't know. Was it That's both one of the very minor things that went wrong with yesterday, but I agree. I think that would have been nice to have at least feel like the network cared a little bit that these two teams are playing. Was it both Freiler? The one they just pronounced like four different, four different yeah. ways. I mean, it's kind of changed. Freeler, Freiler. Yeah. Which, in their defense, he really has a, he's played a little bit all year. Like, our Sheem Young's gone. Like, half our second like second string is transferred. Like, yeah, it was just – it's just – it's hard to take something serious when, like, half the backups are playing. Half the hot take. Both Fryler is a lot better no, than Sheem Young. Well, yeah, <laughs> not about a lot better. I think he's will, a lot better. He will be a lot better. He's a f- true freshman. Right. He, he Like, he looks like a – like he'd be a first round pick when it's all said and done. Like he's that good. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just it was just a rough way to end Purdy's uh Purdy's career with that last play. It was very yeah, it was too bad. Very similar to what Tinsley left. Well, last play is just like Tinsley was one of the best point guards in Iowa's history. Uh, uh the best point guard in Iowa's history. Brock Purdy, best quarterback in Iowa's history. Statistically. Career wise. And he it's just very weird how that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was too bad. I felt bad for him. I you can just tell by the end of the game that I think so I, I guess we'll just probably dive into the whole Brock thing. Twitter kind of lost their mind last night. And I don't necessarily blame people for their emotions getting the best of them and tweeting st- stupid things last night. I mean, I was freaking out last night because of, but I think that's just because Iowa State fans care a lot. But so does Brock. And I think Brock right. It was the video of him walking up the field and Jamie Pollard giving him a hug, and it was just sad. I felt really bad for him. I think if you look back, before even when Brock Purdy committed, Iowa State is in a much different place than when we were there, where we are now. And I think people really lose sight of the fact that we probably should have never had Brock Purdy. Right. He picked us over Texas A&M and Alabama. So I think – Obviously, being so fresh, people are mad, and this has been a frustrating year, and it has been. I think a lot of the criticism Brock has earned, but I think he knows that too, and I think he it probably messed with him a little mentally. I think he probably pressed a little bit this year just because we had all these expectations, and as the year wasn't going the way we wanted to, um, it probably didn't help the whole situation. But, yeah, it, it was just a bummer to have a chance to tie it up and – to, lo- to lose the game in that way. But I don't know. You also, I think the statistics, when you give up a pick six, you the chances of winning are really low. That so wasn't I, a pick six. I mean, he thought he was playing sand volleyball for a second. I mean, that was one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. Yeah, I was unlucky. I mean, he was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to bat it down, but it just, it 
bounced the wrong way and bounced right to a player that had an opportunity to score. So I don't know. You take I, that you take that play away though. You take that play away, then everybody's perspective on the game that Brock had is completely different. Because yeah, I because I, I don't think he played that bad otherwise. We also was dealing with no weapons too. So I mean right. we, we really didn't have anyone else to take attention away from Charlie. So we really couldn't use Charlie yesterday. And if you look at the downfield shots where Brock's under pressure, no one's open. Yeah. So I, I think it's a combination of we were shorthanded, play calling we can get into later probably, but I don't know. I, I don't think we should dwell too hard on the way this game ended. Um, it was a frustrating year, but it's also pretty encouraging that even with, I know both teams had players out, but we still could hang with Clemson. Even their backups are much more talented recruits, at least out of high school than what we usually get. So I think it's pretty cool that we had the opportunity to tie against a really good team. that's played in every single playoff, except this one. So I think things, and I think the, the gist of the whole thing is things are looking up and Iowa State football is in a pretty dang good spot. Well, well, the people going after Brock on Twitter was like grown men. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Going after a kid, but Brock's like not like a kid, but like a grown, like a young man who gave us so many memories. Right. Fiesta Bowl win, leading into the Big 12 championship game. He only lost one Big 12, Big 12 game at home and Jack Trice. That In is four years. insane. Right. It's absolutely insane. And to tweet or like like at Brock Purdy, that is just disgusting. Yeah, it's a bunch of drunk, drunk fifty-year-olds doing it. I mean, or drunk twenty-year-olds. I guess I don't know, but it's just, it's inexcusable for somebody to. I mean, you want to say something? Fine. You know, we said things privately that I probably wouldn't say on here, but to tweet at a twenty-two-year-old kid and hope that he sees it because if you say if you put if you put his username on there, you're hoping that this kid sees it. Yeah. You. You are clueless. I have no idea yeah. what this whole thing is all about. Because Brock, I put a tweet out last night that said, regardless of the way how you feel about him, his silly play with the spike, the fumble at the end, anything else he's done, this kid has played hard every single game. He's played hurt. He's played hurt. He's done everything he possibly could do to help us win the game. And what else could you ask? And nothing. What's similar to the game? The only game he lost to Jack Trice was. We had no receivers. Even the play calling, we just were. It's all on Brock. Like back then, we just had Brees, who was a young pup, but it was all on Brock's shoulders. And to have on Brock's shoulders, and like we're not even trying. We ran the ball a little bit. Fourteen carries yeah, was not, not enough. We burned Silas's red shirt with three carries, which whatever. Which he's he's gonna be a stud down the road, but it's just kind of burn his red shirt for that is kind of silly. But it's just we're running Chase Allen's. Like screen, like a um, bubble screens, and like what, like we were just we didn't, we were we were grabbing straws. Yeah, playbook is very, very thin, but yeah, it's just like we can harp on Tom Manning all we want, but that's to have no receivers and we're not running the ball very good, and the center is not playing. That's kind of like the quarterback at the offensive line who hasn't really been good at anyways this this year. It's and Clemson's D line is just massive. Yeah. So it's just it's all it's, it's a tough task to ask for. I mean, Purdy's been there, but to and we had uh, Hutchinson came in and toughed it out for one big huge play, and then he's been like he was like a decoy for other ones. But it's just yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I don't 
to go after Brock Purdy after a Clemson win where it's just a cheese it bowl, it's like why like why if you're you're trying to damage the relationship between fans with Brock Purdy who's the best and we want Brock Purdy to recruit for Iowa State, we don't want any negativity towards him because like if Brock really read like I don't think he'll probably read him because I hope not. Yeah, I got hope because like why would like if a five star quarterback eventually like looks at Iowa State and we need all the positivity? It's like how does it how does the fan base react to negativity? And it's like just we don't need any of that. Like we're Iowa State, we need all the positivity we can to get these guys come in and like any negative things. Like why would you come to Iowa State? Where like what's one thing about Iowa State is. The recruiting that I always thought of growing up was like, you come to Iowa State, you are gonna like have a statue. Like that's what Purdy was. <laughs> he came in was the, the like he came in literally the Okie State game and just lit it up. Like we finally have a quarterback, and like he was there for four years, never played through injuries because he, he didn't have exactly have a good offense line the whole time. He had good running backs, but didn't have any O line getting. And he, I don't know, just. Really made me yeah, he had, he had an average O-line at best most years. Um, you know, one thing, talking about the center being out last night, you know, who took over for center last night? Trevor, was, Trevor Downing. Yeah, so, I mean, got to give Trevor Durant, Downing a lot of credit. I mean, playing center, the first time you're playing center live is against Clemson, and we had no bad snaps. I mean, and we were yeah, shotgun I, I thought with he him. played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, that that takes, takes a lot. I mean, that was a phenomenal performance by him, but I knew – Kind of the 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 way the game was summed up is that the last drive, we're trying to go down and score, and we have got Jalen Knoll, Chase Allen, and Charlie Kohler out as receivers. We've got two tight ends and a fr- true freshman wide receiver trying to go down to score against Clemson to win the game. When you know that's our best option, you know the cupboard was pretty thin. Yeah. It's too bad, but – and like we didn't even have a skates to throw out there, or, or Trick, Trick Milton right. who's been hurt his the last two years. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that eventually. I mean, in my opinion on the whole the whole transfer thing. I mean, I it's just that just irritates the living hell out of me. That's like that was my main like one of my main arguments how bowl games really don't matter if we're just gonna do this like early signing period where all the players transfer and the even coaches that Brian Kelly yeah, like, ridiculous Notre Dame can be playing I mean, the playoff yeah. tomorrow and. Ryan Kelly bailed because he needs to go to LSU for 10, has 10 days to recruit for LSU. So they need to change the early signing period. It's just, there's been so much change and it's not done. Like bowl games are always already like who really, it does like my dad thinks it matters, but like it's just, and now it's just like fun, like for fun. It used to be like a program, program builder. Now it's just like cheese a bowl. Like what is even that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, what, why the inside.com bowl, which Ryan Harclaw played in, tell me why that wasn't for fun. Because we had never won a bowl game before. Right. It, so it was, a, it was a way to help to build the program. But so we got to play Clemson last night. Why? How was that a negative? It's, it's not a negative. I, I just don't – I think Thomas's point is it's not as big a deal. I can argue it probably never was that big a deal. It's hard for us to know because we weren't playing many bowl games growing up. So it's – who knows what these fan bases thought of these bowl games that weren't – the BCS Bowl or the national title or whatever. We would have killed to but be in a bowl I, game back then. Any that's what I'm saying. So like it's, but the best now that we've played. been in it, it's normal for us to be in bowl games. We're getting a little spoiled where it's we think it may not be a, as big of a deal. But I, I don't know. Thomas and I talked about this a little bit today, and I think it's the, the 
the biggest thing bowls give teams is they give them a month extra of practice. Yep. So all these true freshmen get an extra month to prepare, participate more in practice, and they can kind of hit the ground running as spring ball rolls around. And you get to play a team that you normally don't get to play. So I don't think it's a negative thing. I think each fan bases watch the bowl games. Now that sports betting is very prevalent, many people are watching bowl games that they normally wouldn't watch. So I understand that it's the cheese of bowl, but like they probably did pretty well numbers wise last night. And it was a fun game. Like we yeah. competed and we got to see some of these guys for the last time, which we'll get into. And I don't know. I, I think Thomas's point is like, it would have been a better send off the way the TCU game went that you, Brock Purdy, Charlie Kohler, all these guys get to ride off in the sunset. Brees Hall has a career day, runs for 250 yards. But I don't know. It's just, well, you, it's his, just the, your point about the, the best players not playing is very valid. I totally get that. But that's why I'm saying we need to change that. I mean, I yeah. don't think you, you need to make it. If you made a rule, for, just threw this out there yesterday, where you cannot transfer. If you transfer prior to January 1st, you have to sit out the next year. Yeah, that the and and then then you won't be able to sit out at any game except a playoff game, and do the same thing for coaches. If you're going to if you're going to change it out, and you have to eliminate this early signing period first. Yeah. If you eliminate the early signing period and tell a coach you cannot, you have to honor your contract until January first, then that makes everybody play or stay around at least, or give it a a level playing field where nobody is going to be transferring before the playoff game. And then if you want to play, you want to skip the playoff game to transfer, that is all, that's all fine and dandy, but that's at least going to get the best product we can in these lower bowl games. Yeah. There's, there's multiple issues that need to be figured out, but I think, so th I think this thing's all going to shake out and it'll work out in the end. So I, I, one thing I learned this week is you only get one free transfer. So if you transfer, you can do that and not sit out. But if you transfer again, then you have to sit out. So like, we're not going to have players just jumping ship every year, team to team. Cause we learned that with Trey King. That's why he can't play. Cause he already transferred to Georgetown. So I, I think it's just new. They're going to figure it out. I think it'll be fine in the end. And I don't know. I, it's just, there's, I feel like they changed too many things at once. So now it's kind of hard to figure out what change is good, what change is bad, but I don't know. I, the COVID I think year, the COVID thing screwed everything up too. I mean, yeah, so let's. I think we everyone just needs to kind of pump the brakes, and I don't know. I I think there's a lot of things that we still need to tease out. We really don't know how big of an impact this name, image, and likeness thing's going to have. We'll see. I I don't know. I I think hopefully we take advantage of the transfer portal and get some players that can help right away. And um, but then I guess I also. But the thing is. Teams that recruit good recruits and can develop players are still going to be good. So I, and you're also, Iowa State's a place where culture is a big thing. So they're going to recruit players that want to play for Campbell and they want to play, be a part of what we're building. I mean, you look at a player like Brees Hall, you look at a player like Gerald Brock, like his quote from this week I thought was amazing where he's just like, yeah, my parents didn't raise me to jump ship. I committed to this place. I'm, I'm not going anywhere, which for a 20 year old kid's pretty mature and pretty cool, I think. So I think this the first couple of years are going to be crazy just because coaches really aren't going to know how to use or how to coach players that potentially might transfer. But I think it was similar for basketball. Like Fred Hoiberg kind of changed the whole game for transfers in basketball. And now it's kind of normal and it's not that big a deal. So I think football is just a little late for that. Um, 
So we're so, so we haven't I, heard. I think, we, it, I think it'll all work out in the end. We haven't heard where Tariq is going, and we have not heard where Ashim Young is going. So by them bailing on their teammates four weeks before the season ends, what did they gain by it if they still haven't found a home yet? Skates is in Memphis. We know that. So why couldn't they have just played to now and then said announced today they're going to transfer? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't get it. And another reason why I think bowl games are a little less when obviously you think bowl games are way more than what I, we think is because back when you played, now everything's they have so much tape on these guys. Like Brees Hall is cemented as really good because all the Iowa State games were on TV. Back then, the bowl games were like one of the first times they could show tape right. yeah. and like break out and then go into the NFL. But now it's like they have basically every tape and like even practice. I think that maybe that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're right. Media has changed everything. Social media has changed everything, you know, but I, I talked to Ryan Harklaw. I mean, sat in a basketball, high school basketball game stands and talked to him about this very thing and says, the reason that some kids are saying that these bowl games don't matter is because of the kids is because of the adults. When the adults are saying, that the bowl games don't matter, then the kids are going to think the bowl games don't matter. And the agents. And the agents. And the coaches leaving, you know, he said, I'm always going to back the players, so I'm not going to say anything about the players till they change it for the coaches. And coaches leaving, you know, on Thanksgiving or whatever is got to change too because you can't have one set of rules for the coaches and one set of rules for the kids when it comes to this. So, you know, I think – I don't know. I mean, I, it's too bad because – you're diluting the product, and this is the this is what I was telling Ryan. I said, "What's going to keep us from having kids when they get to the point where you're out of the conference championship chase and you're out of the playoff chase? What's what's going to stop kids from shutting it down with two games to go in the regular season?" And he said, "Nothing." And so, because if you're saying if bowl not you Thomas, but in general, if you're saying that the bowl games don't matter, the TCU game didn't matter at all. So there's no reason Brees should have, could have would have played now. And Brees is an outlier because he's going to probably be the first running back picked in the draft. I get why he got out. He what he why he got out. Had to break the record, right? But he but okay. What does that matter? He it mattered. What yeah. does it matter? It mattered to him, right? Yeah. So, but what, but what I'm saying is is that if if we're going down this road where the bowl games don't matter, you can transfer whenever you want, or you can shut it down. We're going to see kids starting to shut it down. Like if you had a really good play for Kansas this year, for crying out loud. He probably would have. He could have shut it down October fifteenth, yeah, because it's not going to get any better. I even said that when we lost to West Virginia. I'm like, why does Brees even like? Obviously, he had the touchdown thing that he could break the record, but like, why? What did he even get to improve his draft stock from West Virginia game to now? Yeah, right. And I, that's why I said if if that happens, the the product is going to get diluted, just like if we go to the thirty two teams. The only 32 teams that matter, and all of a sudden everybody's just playing for those guys. Brent Bluma said this. That, that means it's going to dilute the product, and these other peripheral teams, it's not going to matter anymore, and the product's going to get worse, and then it's going to hurt the sport. Right now, it's not hurting the sport because everybody's still tuning in. But it's when you if you can honestly say last night was not the two best versions of Iowa State and Clemson, you've already diluted the product. Which is true. Like, Which is true. But I'll so this whole thirty-two teams that matter is totally going to be dependent on how these TV contracts shake out. Right. Yeah. So I mean, ESPN is married to the SEC, and they're going to try to milk them for all the as many dollars as they can get. But I think the Big Ten has a lot of really good teams and a really big following. The Big Twelve is going to be really fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the future Big Twelve 
teams playing bowl games, they've been playing pretty dang well. So it's going to be on these commissioners of each conference to figure out different TV companies to go with that'll totally be able to kind of change how they're marketing their product and how it's con- or how it's delivered to the consumer. So I think if we can get away from ESPN and marry a streaming service, whether it be Amazon or Netflix, or if Fox can continue to make moves, I think we're all, it's all speculation. We don't really know how it's going to shake out, but I don't think it's necessarily like who's telling us that the SEC only matters. ESPN. Like if you go to the South football is a big deal, but like I watched like one SEC game this year because I thought Alabama was going to lose to Auburn. But other than that, like there's a lot of the country that really doesn't care about what happens in the South for football. So I think there's just going to be some opportunities for these other companies that ESPN has dominated for so long, but I think they're really kind of letting their foot off the gas. And I think, 10 years from now, we could be watching all Big 12 games on Amazon, and I think it could be potentially really awesome. Well, I think there's only two services, though, right, that are doing live TV. Hulu is doing it live TV, but it's owned by Disney, who owns ESPN, so that's not going to be an app. That, I'd be shocked if all of a sudden you start seeing um, ones on Hulu. Amazon does live NFL games, so they're the only ones right now set up to do live TV. So Amazon could be – I have no basis for this – but if Amazon decided today that they wanted to get into the college football market, they're the ones that are set up to do it. They got the money. Yeah, Bob Bowles, this should be his first call because I think right. that would be really good for the Big 12. Netflix doesn't do live TV. And so Netflix has got money, but they don't they don't have announcers. They don't know how to they don't know how to do it right but now. The thing is the announcer thing is irrelevant because I think right. yeah. when we try we to we try to pair this the one game we try to pair the radio with the TV, like it was more fun. It wasn't perfect, but it was way more fun to listen to Eric Heff and John Walters call a game. So I think Amazon because easily you just choose what team you're cheering for and they would just pipe in the radio broadcast. It would be so much more fun to watch. Yeah. And that's a like Thomas has said before, that's a Learfield thing because Learfield owns the rights to but Amazon could buy Learfield. Right. They could just think with the with the loose change that Bezos has in his pocket. Yeah. Right. But it'd also be such a simple partnership. And like then you wouldn't have to just force people to care about Iowa State football. Like the people that care about Iowa State football live in the Midwest and they like to listen to Iowa state fans call the games. That's what Eric and John are like. They do a great job. And it's a shame that most people don't get to listen to them because we don't listen to the radio anymore. On a side note, the, one of the big positives about having Texas leave is we don't have to listen, have to figure out how to watch the Longhorn network once or twice a year. I mean, we, yeah, that's no, gone. I think I'm, I like the more I think about it, I think the new big 12, oh. especially for football and basketball is going to be a ton of fun. Insane. Cincinnati. Oh my God. It's Houston just, won. Houston beat Auburn. And like, and that right. gives it gives that Campbell the opportunity. Like, we could be, it could be Cincinnati, Iowa State, the new Texas and Oklahoma that dominate the Big Twelve. That's not crazy. Yeah, it will be a fun. I agree, but like, it's just the money thing. The, I guess that's my thing. point, Thomas. So the SEC, the money is so powerful. But like, I just think if we can get away from these people that are running this so poorly, I think the opportunity is there that you could have a product that is more fun to watch that could potentially steal revenue from the SEC just because it's delivered better. Like the Quinn Ewers guy going to Texas. Like Texas has done nothing to deserve that. He's They're paying him like $10 million a year to come to Texas. And that's... Right, which I... Like, good for him, make his money, but like it's there's more to football than money in your pocket because like 
Would you rather go to Texas or like Texas Tech, who's produced pro lots of pro quarterbacks? Which he almost went. He was reportedly looking at Texas for Texas Tech. So yeah, it's thank just, God he went to Texas. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a interesting conversation because you can go round and round and round. And like the problem is, no one's looking after the sport. Everyone's looking at after for themselves. And it's just these presidents that have nothing to do with football that, that yeah. control the money and. They undermine Bob's Bullsies, and there's like during a pandemic year, we're all together, and then they just go to the SEC over the ESPN contract, and even ESPN and the uh, American Conference is trying to del- like blow up the Big Twelve, and that, that feels like ten years ago, but that was literally last summer. Yeah, and uh, I know, but I mean, credit to Bob Bullsy, like getting the four teams he got. Like, I think we're going to be sitting in a pretty good spot, and I think. Honestly, in six years, one of the two, Oklahoma or Texas, is going to really regret going to the SEC. Yeah, they're just going to be a bunch I think of, it's going to be Oklahoma. It's going to be a bunch of Nebraskas. It's going to be Nebraskas and Missouris. Yeah, because Missouri, do you think Missouri could backtrack and go back to Big 12 and like actually play against like or in Missouri and Nebraska? Like They have actual rivals and actual ties to like teams, and they actually drive to these games rather than Bama coming to town and just absolutely throttling you every year. Like, there's more to sports than the game and, like, money. There's, like, the fans. Because, like, if you lose fans, you got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what we're going to learn. I think it's – there was this crazy Wild West. They think they're all making the right decision money-wise. But I think the SEC is going to get watered down pretty quickly. Bama will always be Bama. Georgia will be Georgia. And then it's just going to be a bunch of meh teams. It's going to be Vander- then you look at the Vanderbilt, 12, Missouri. Growing. Yeah. I don't know. It's just – it, I'm just kind of with the bowl games. I'm just kind of concerned about the sport because, like, we're finally at a point where we're making five bowl games in a row, and now, like, maybe it was just we didn't have it, and now that we have it, it doesn't mean as much as we thought it would. But it's still, it's still fun to see. But the, the transfer thing, it was like seeing skate. Like, if we had skates last night, even we would probably have a treat. Yeah, just would have probably had won the game because, like, our playbook was just. Chase Allen screens and just pretty running for his life. And Jalen Noel played really good. Yeah, he played really. And I love the fact that he's body slammed that yeah. one D back. It really. And then every time he went on the sidelines, the coaches from Clemson were talking crap to yeah. Jalen. Eighteen. That, that was awesome. He was talking back too. Yeah, and, right. And the, the guy that Jalen slammed is one of the top cornerbacks in the draft board. Yeah, and he picked him up and threw him like he was an MMA fighter. J- Jalen Noel. It will probably be a better version. J- Deshante Jones is really good, but Jalen Noel will be a little better than Deshante Jones, I think. Yeah, I think so too. His ceiling's much higher, I think. He yeah. fits the same slot, and the offense we run, it's just perfect for slot receivers. And, and how hard is it to catch those punts he was catching last night? He's fair catching those things, and he's got all those guys standing around yelling at him and doesn't even bobble yeah. any of them. It's just like just another day at the office. I mean, I'm sure they practice that, obviously, but – I don't know. I mean, I think the future. I mean, I'm actually probably more excited for next year than I am I was this year. To be totally honest with you, I mean, because you know, I can't wait to see what Hunter Deckers does when he's in the spotlight. He's going to get pushed by Rocco, and which does concern me a little bit. Rocco was on social media in a boot at the game last night. I mean, yeah, so I don't know months. what's going on there, but I mean, um, and Jalen rolling and, early too. Yeah, and the Gaines kid coming in, and the kid that's transferring from Delaware. 
Uh, they said it's the next Mike Rose. I mean, Will McDonald would get back for another year. I mean, Will Isaiah McDonald. Lee, J.R. Singleton. I mean, for the love of God, I mean, there's no reason Ryan to Bass. not be – Ryan Vance. There's no reason to not be excited about next year. I mean, I – it, I think that's the fun part of being a college sports fan because I am not an NFL fan. I could give two craps about NFL except for my fantasy team, which I pay attention to maybe 15 minutes a week. And I don't even know most of the players that I'm playing. Um, that's what the fun part about college sports is that you recycle your roster at least every four years and you have a reason to get excited about things. And then it doesn't pan out. We've had the, you know, you can go down the list of the basketball and football players that we're excited about that it never worked out. But from now until August, we get to, you know, talk about how excited we are about X, Y, and Z player that we've never seen play. And I, and if you, the, the thing about knowing Ryan personally, like we do, Ryan's telling us there's a bunch of studs that we don't know their names yet. Uh, that's probably the Fryler kid. What he keeps saying right. before the season starts, like these dudes are huge and they're fast and they're good. We have a bunch of safeties, and plus we have Jeremiah Cooper, probably yeah. one of the most impressive highlight tapes I've ever seen, coming in as safety too. So well, Ryan said on the pregame yesterday, Cor- Corvallis. I know I'm butchering his name. I apologize if his parents are listening to this. Corvallis Norton from Georgia runs Cartavius with the, Cartavius. Excuse me. Runs with the power of David Montgomery with the speed of Brees Hall. That's exactly what Ryan Harkless said yesterday. That's a that's a pretty high bar. Yeah, to, pretty high praise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And as the ball. So, yeah. So saying? I think we could probably. T- but I think I'm very excited. We should break down players we're excited about. But the one player that really stood out to me, aside from Bo Freiler, 15 tackles. Crazy. He was insane. He's bigger than most of the linebackers we played with back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, He's Isaiah Lee. Yeah. Isaiah Lee. That one play where he took the Clemson center and then just swam by him and got a sack. He's pretty dang good. Yeah, he's been pretty good since his first day on when he, we saw him play. There, yeah, when he's uh, a true freshman against West Virginia. Lima went down. Yeah, yeah, Ray, yeah. Ray Lima, Ray Lima's out. Yeah, I, I think all those guys, and I think that's the one thing um, I talked to Austin Hillbrand said, and he said the one, like. One area he just like felt totally fine was our defense is still going to be really good next yeah. year. Yeah, that was probably that's the thing that you know we've kind of overlooked. We didn't have Mike Rose, and we gave up our defense gave up points. thirteen points. Yeah, yeah, and that Clemson's quarterback was not good. Yeah, probably he's the highest recruit Clemson's ever got, and it's just funny how sometimes it just doesn't pan out. Yeah. And, uh, Guess who that quarterback beat out in high school? Real Mitchell. Real Mitchell. Yeah. Real Mitchell. Yeah, and QB one. QB one. Yeah. TV series. Yeah. Really thought. Yeah. So I think our defense is gonna be really good. The safeties. I think Craig McDonald's also a stud. And I think next year, cornerbacks. I think we're finally gonna have two guys that we can really lean on with Miles Purchase and Anthony Johnson coming back. And I thought TJ Tampa played pretty well too. So I think we're finally getting depth in secondary. Is there anyone else specifically in defense that you're super excited about that we haven't touched on? I don't know. I Bo Freiler, I I I just can't get over how good he was. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how many like there's we got stud linebackers coming in, like Mike Rose, we had no idea was gonna play right away and he played his whole career until he only didn't play two games and that's one of Mike but uh dad's favorite memories is Mike Rose's uh First game. First play from scrimmage. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. 
because I was standing there waiting for this, you know, the rain to clear off at South Dakota State, and I have an angle on. I'm just watching Mike Rose because I've heard about him, and he goes sideline to sideline in the first play. I said, "Holy crap, we haven't had a run back, linebacker run like that." And he got to play one more play, and then the game got canceled. Yeah, in the Iowa game, <laughs> the Iowa game it was a terrible game, but well, Mike Rose played insane that yeah. that day at Iowa his freshman year. Yeah, it's just a bunch of. It was just kind of like a angry because the game, like the. Purdy had a couple bonehead plays, but he had so much on his shoulders because, like, it was up to him to win the game. And our defense showed up. It's just, it's just like watching the same movie over and over again. It's like all year, really. It's like we get down, kind of, we fight back. We have a chance to tie it or tie it and then go for two and win it. And we just fumble it away and lose. So, would your opinion of the game in general changed if we would have pulled that off if it like pretty let us down and Kohler two-point conversion wins like yeah that'd be pretty yeah. awesome like even i'm glad Kohler had a one more touchdown pretty to Kohler because that was and he got through it without getting hurt yeah. too <laughs> yeah and Kohler yeah Kohler came back on a flip of a coin and didn't get like he got hurt he had like a hernia surgery or whatever before the season started which we didn't find out until like the after the iowa game or whatever but i'm just glad he Basically came through the whole season injury free because he risked a lot coming to Iowa State back one more year. He risked a lot on the pro side. That young man is not going to have any problem paying his own bills with the you know GPA he's got and his degree. I mean, yeah. you know the pregame show they're talking about Mike Rose and uh, Brock Purdy were both touring companies last year. I'm getting ready for the professional life just in case the NFL doesn't work out. So all those guys are you know high high character guys and really understand the reason that they were there in the first place is to get a better job. And Yeah, I even saw last night after the game, like imagine the roller coaster of emotions after the game, like your season's over and then they're walking through the uh, hotel lobby and they're still taking pictures of little kids. Like that's what's different about Iowa State, the personal relationship between fans and yeah. players. Like they're not – they don't think they're like way above little kids. Like they'll come and interact. It's, that's what honestly but made me and Michael such huge fans. Yeah. They're so like yeah, they're rock true. stars, and they treat us like we're one of our cousins or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just and just before we move on to other things, or next year we kind of touch on defense. I think that it's going to be fun. Offensively, I know we've talked a lot about Hunter Deckers. Who who else are you just most looking forward to, or do you think will be really big pieces of our offense next year? I think the. The tackle we got from the JUCO is supposed to be really good, which I we need a tackles. We have I mentioned we have a bunch of guards. That's what our issues are. It, getting a couple tackles like that Miller kid played pretty well. He's a massive, massive human being. He's a massive human being that is nineteen, years, too, is 19 so years old. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's farm kid. He understands Dave how Andrews to work. Have pl- Go ahead, Michael. Sorry, put some weight on that kid. Yeah, right, and he's gonna eat. I mean, I. Actually, I've met his parents before. His younger brother played AAU with your brother, and um, they're just good, down-to-earth farm people. And uh, I'm sure his mom is going to feed him everything she can get down his throat when he's home, and he's got the frame to put it on. I mean, so, yeah, we need some skyscrapers, and he can be a skyscraper when you're 6'9", playing tackle, and this other guy also that's just coming in. So we need – if that – if we can figure out a way that we can get some guys that can open holes consistently and get our running game established with Silas and Sanders and then have a quarterback that can 
cannon it down the field 50 yards, our offense should be all right. It would just it'll be kind of frustrating if we fi- finally figure out the offensive line next year and it's like we just had Brees and Dave Montgomery, but like yeah, like and Brock, Joe Brock will be Joe Brock will be will be will, can, will, will yeah. be very good. Yes. But like Brees Hall is one of the best running backs to ever play college football, and he came to Iowa State, which is still nuts. And like I don't think it's set in like that we're not going to watch him play in black uniforms at, under the lights against at Jack Trice, which just it just sucks. Well, we had Trey Davis, and he went on, and it was a while later till we got another really good running back. But yeah, again, our having an having a a you know above average offensive line makes an average running back look a lot better. Yeah, and Jarrell Brock is not average. No. I mean, he does a much he's a much more of a lean forward run over run the over guy. Um, and I just wish he would have got a few more touches last night. I mean, I he had fourteen or whatever it was, and and only ended up with. 30 yards, whatever it was, was, but a couple of those, a couple of runs he had, he looked really, really good. It's just, he was not, he, it's a tough situation to put a kid in that he's trying to learn to be the feature back against Clemson. I mean, it's just hard. Had a lot of check downs that he got was pretty well with Purdy. Yeah. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's, let's just, uh, what do you, your idea was like to break down like the best plays of the 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 senior class, even include Brock, uh, Dave, uh, Brees. Brees. What was what was your favorite favorite moment from one of the guys? So take all the guys that are leaving. The favorite your favorite moment of one of those guys. I, Daddy, go first. Oh boy, you're at, go with Thomas first. I got to think about this one. I have not prepared for this at all. Um, I the one like it's not like a people will probably remember this, but it was like when we thought we heard about Brees so much. Like as a freshman, it was kind of like Joe Brock splitting snaps, and when he took it, like when he got the ball against Texas Tech and just ran and was like, "He's gonna get tackled." No, he just kept going. <laughs> was like, and he's like, "Wow, he is fast." Like we, because like Nate Montgomery was probably top two running back ever at Iowa State at that point, and then we, because David's only only thing you could say bad about him is he doesn't really have breakout speed, and then Dave like Brees has breakout speed and was like. Wow, that was crazy, and like, and yeah, that's probably mine about Brees is the first breakaway run. What, what's yours? Yeah, I think it's got to be if you just kind of put yourselves back into the early Campbell years, where like the legend of Kyle Kemp comes in, and his next year he gets a six year of eligibility, is a hurt, and Zeb Nolan plays for a little bit, and then when. Brock Purdy comes in against Oklahoma State and just lights them up. That's still one of his best games of his career. Like he just absolutely torched them. And I remember you, Austin, and Will, Grace, and Melanie watching the game. And we really didn't know. We were like one and three at that time. Like we didn't even think we're that, like we could potentially not make a bowl game. And we still had had a quarterback that had started every single game since like Austin Arnod. We all look at each other like, holy crap, we have a quarterback. And ever since then, he's just – there's been so many plays he's made, and he brought consistency to the quarterback position for the first time in, I would say, consistent, like, really good quarterback play ever, probably, since Seneca. Um, Seneca was only here. So I just years. remember, like, the – just, like, my, my mind being absolutely blown that we have a true freshman quarterback that could come in and torch a defense like that and – he could run and he was super accurate and yeah, it just, 
Oh, Dave Montgomery. And I think he his expectations were so high just because of how well he played as a true freshman. And I think you can probably talk about his lack of a development or potentially we not scheming correctly for him. But I just remember that moment where he just, it was like a fake bubble screen. He pump faked in the corner bit and he ran in for a 20 yard touchdown and he kind of danced in the end zone. And that that's a highlight. Like if you just go back and watch that game, that it's insane how well he played that game. And he did without Dave Montgomery. Dave Montgomery is hurt. Yeah. He didn't play. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, I'll miss, I'll miss Brees pump faking 15 yards down the field and somebody actually jumping in the air. I mean, that was always a yeah, Brock. pretty – or excuse me, Brock. Brock pump faking, and he's five yards past the line of scrimmage and some jump, linebacker jumps up in the air. I mean, I yeah. always thought that was pretty funny. And what we always said about Brock is he holds the ball too loose and just got poked away a couple times this year. But, uh, yeah, no, but I – but I don't know. You look at that. At that point, we had not had a quarterback that we could just rely on. But just think about how much we nitpicked Purdy and look at the past Iowa State quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. It's like Sam Richardson played like three straight years and like won two Big 12 games. Two Big 12 wins against Kansas and probably Kansas. And now we're <laughs> complaining about Purdy because he's playing Clemson, for God's sakes, by himself, and he doesn't win. Sorry. Sorry, Iowa State fans. Do you not remember – like losing to Kansas at Kansas and they stormed the field with like 40 people and <laughs> tore down the goalposts. They tore down the goalposts. Yeah. And from that to now, and look what we're complaining about. We always find about, like, even like the George years, we found things to complain about. It's like, we, like, then we saw last year's team. It's like, can we please just calm down a little bit? Like, Matt Nelson last night on Twitter was pretty, pretty like, he knows it too. He's, he's pretty self aware about it. Like, he's just, he gets a little, it's probably it's a kind of his brand at this point now, but like, let's 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 just calm down a little bit. <laughs> let's remember where we came from. Yeah. True. I'm gonna miss Charlie Kohler. I mean, I I just always loved it when he would score a touchdown and just turn around and kind of walk. He has that swagger to him, like you know what? Everybody in this room is dumber than me, and you know what I mean. He just has that. He has a swagger about him that he knows that he's really good, but he doesn't you know beat his chest. He's not doing anything flamboyant it's just his stride that he has when he makes a really good play and there's that one famous picture of him shrugging his shoulders when he i think it was against oregon when they left him wide open um, for some reason and he just kind of turns around and goes i can't believe they're doing this but they're gonna do it and and he was yeah he was really good and i think we're gonna miss him a lot more than we're probably gonna see because i think and and chase allen for that matter because chase is a terrific blocker but uh, um having that that three tight end set that we've been able to run and, and having Charlie be so reliable and being able to box out guys because he's so stinking big. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to miss Charlie because, you know, somebody gave him an A-. minus. He can't say he's a 4.0 student, but he's done everything the way that he's supposed to do, and he's going to make a lot of money doing whatever he wants to do, whether if it doesn't have to necessarily even be connected with football. So He's a 4.0 Iowa State football player. Yeah, and he's – and we don't have. We're, unfortunately, we're not going to hear any more Trey Young, yeah, right. Trey Young references in every stinking game. <laughs> yeah, he's the George Niang of football, right? Yeah, Nerlens Noel references and Trey Young references. So. Yeah, which is funny. I mean, it's similar to kind of the Brock story. Where we just had we. I think my entire college career, we had one tight end touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. Name me one like, other the tight end position that was non-existent, and now like we turned into 
a mini tight end year where we had a lot of tight ends that we used really well. But yeah, and I, I think, well, I think partly our offense was the way it was. We had three tight ends with Dylan Sainer was here, Chase Allen and Charlie Cole. like all block. It kind of hid our offensive line deficiencies. We also didn't have, we didn't have a quarterback that stretched the field. So it was kind of a perfect storm where we kind of use these guys to just kind of dominate the intermediate routes. I'm really interested to see how it transitions. I hope Easton Dean is really good. I've heard good things about him. He just has been unfortunately playing behind Charlie and Chase and Dylan and, so I think, I think we have talented tight ends on the roster, but also I'd be interested to see if our scheme changes a little bit when we have a, a quarterback with as big of arm as Hunter, where we potentially use less tight ends and hopefully getting more speed on the edge with these true freshman receivers coming in. So I think that's one thing to look for next year is if I would, I would bet that we use the three tight end set less next year, just because of our personnel, but I don't know. I hopefully I'll be surprised. Then Easton Dean comes in and produces like if he produces half of what Charlie did, I think that's a, a pretty big one. I think we've already seen glimpses that we're going to change the scheme because every time Hunter came in, we did throw it down the field. So, I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, Manny's not stupid. I mean, he's going to try to scheme towards his talent. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. That's, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm excited to see that, see Hunter Decker's, Spin it a little bit because he's lefty. It makes things come off come off his hand a little different than a right-handed quarterback. He's big. He's, you know, can run people over. I mean, just got to keep him healthy between now and then. And Chase Allen, he played. He played at the Baker Mayfield game where we beat him. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And like even before then, that year before, he got ran over and you had stitches behind his back. That's like what the coaches call the Chase Allen road between uh, the practice. Facility. Jack Trice in the park lots. Yeah. And he was a great cyclone. Like he was a little kid and Jack Tr- like yeah. he, his dad played there. He might be the best best teammate of all time. Yeah. Yeah, his reaction when Kohler caught his touchdown last night was classic. Because he did it crossed right his route crossed right in front of him. Yeah. yeah. he he was a great cyclone and just there's a bunch of like Eisworth. He was if Eisworth was his first team all big twelve this year, he would have been the only one ever to be four years first team all big twelve. He was three Three years, first team All Big Twelve safety, and he he was like the best safety we've ever seen since David Sims, and it's just crazy to see how that tight like safety room has changed since he came mm-hmm. to Iowa State. So was his was his personal foul on the drive where the volleyball spike happened? Uh, I have no idea. He got he hit that guy out of bounds, and it went from, you know, I think it was going to be third down maybe, and then they they gave him fifteen yards. You remember that, Michael? Last yeah, time? but the was spike that? was on offense. I don't. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, Azrath was playing fullback. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. That was totally, <laughs> totally a brain fart. So my fault. I think so. Back to Chase Allen. Someone needs to make a montage of all his, of all, all the times he celebrated a, a teammate's touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Because he was the first one there, eighty percent of the time. Yeah. Even if he wasn't involved, like somehow Chase Allen would come out of nowhere and he would give whoever scored a big hug. And yeah, I think we're gonna miss him too. He was such a such a good good player, good teammate. And Jake Jake Hummel, Jake Hummel played five years at Iowa State, stud uh, stud linebacker, got an interception last night, was awesome, just an awesome cycle. Yeah, he, he was so good every the, yeah. the whole time he was here, and that's a low key. One guy we're gonna miss. Guy who played five years 
of the running the Haycock system. That's gonna be yeah. That's gonna be, we're gonna miss. No, him. He was yeah. He was a stud. Shout out to Dallin Catholic. He was only, really good. The only kid that we've named so far that's an Iowa person, right? Only kid that's actually from Iowa. And everybody we've mentioned so far. And just, yeah, and he, and he was Rike. Yeah, and he came in. He made himself a lot of money this he year. He was very raw, and man, do we have to develop any into a, a huge going to probably be in the NFL D lineman because, man, he's just a stud too. And we'll, really? miss, we'll miss him. Started his career locker, putting having the same locker and same number as Brian Larson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he – yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of these like kind of lifers that we forget about. and But I don't know. We, we've said that for a lot of people. Like we've – every year we're like, how the heck are we going to replace this guy? And Campbell finds a way to do it. So I, I, I trust him too. But, yeah, it's just going to – it's always kind of sad. I don't know. It's very different than basketball, though, because I feel like football is a very impersonable sport when you're watching because you really only see their numbers. You really don't see their faces, and I feel like they don't get as much press as each basketball player. But I don't know. I, these these players have meant a lot to Ames, and they've they came in when Iowa State wasn't very good, and they won a freaking Fiesta Bowl. So yeah. it's, with no fans. Yeah, I mean, yeah. watch. Re- I rewatch. I mean. Full disclosure, I got the Omicron thing last week, and I sat in our basement for three days and watched way too much TV, and I watched Cyclones.TV and rewatched the entire Fiesta Bowl, and it was just so sad sitting there watching this game with no fans. Omicron on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I got it. Well, Christmas Eve is – Or whatever. Yeah, I mean I – You test positive Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve, yeah. So it was – yeah, that's another story. But I I, uh, watched – just watching those games with – all the coaches are pulling up their mask when they get close to somebody and nobody, no fans in the stands and referees pulling up their masks. I mean, like that's just whistles. like surreal. Electron, I mean, electronic whistles. So annoying. And I just kept thinking, and then he watched last night, how many flipping Cyclone fans would have been in Arizona for that game? I mean, it would have been insane. But I just think we'll make it. I think we'll make it back eventually. If, if Campbell stays, Sure, I think we'll make it back. I think so too. I mean, I, you know, how many – what did they say last night? All of our losses were by one, one score, yeah, right? Yeah. Except the Iowa game. Yeah. yeah. So. And Brock never beat Iowa, right? Campbell hasn't either. <laughs> yeah. Sam Steel Jansen's last time we beat or Sam B. Richardson was the last time we beat yeah. Iowa. So that's gotta change. It's almost before H D TVs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of funny how Steel Jance mm-hmm. went undefeated against Iowa and Brock Purdy, their best quarterback, didn't well, beat Iowa. We've talked about it a hundred times. Dallas Clark never won against Iowa State, and his brother never lost against Iowa. So, yeah, it's just very annoying. Their fans are still very, very annoying. Yeah, I saw some Hawk fan put out a little, little brother, little brother tweet yesterday, and I started typing a response. I said, you know why? Why would I do this? This is dumb. So. Whenever, whenever has, whenever has there been an Iowa State Cyhawk dispute that actually like went like went somewhere it's just always like something like we can't even respond to yeah twitter is such a just a bad place twitter is is you know a, a, such a cesspool i mean you, know, you read if you put a see a tweet of somebody and then you go out and read the comments underneath it I means some of these people are just if i hope they're kidding because otherwise they're flipping and should be in a sane asylum somewhere and they're just nuts and i think they should get like obviously sound the sirens is like we are legit, but like having just a guy with an egg emoji just firing out, yeah, vulgar tweets at people. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, free speech, I guess. But man, 
it's just brutal. Yeah, that's, okay, we're going we're going down a rabbit hole here. Let's uh we can, so can't wait, please. We also have a pretty please. big basketball game in two days. Yeah, Who are we playing? Baylor. <laughs> was kidding. We have a top ten matchup in Hill Coliseum. Winter storm morning. We do? It, I didn't know that. Yeah. When's that start? Four to four to six inches on Saturday. Oh, nice. But it's gonna be Hilton's gonna be rocking. We haven't seen Iowa State basketball playing a big game in almost three weeks and I'm not expecting to win, but I'm expecting to be a ton of fun. And I just love this basketball team. It's a little, it's a, it's a big bummer that Trey King can't play, but I, I guess I, I didn't fully understand the transfer rule that you only get one free transfer. Um, but regardless, our, our team has played really well. And I, I think it's kind of a good reset. People kind of get probably a little dinged up, get healthy, kind of recharge a little bit. And I'm just excited to see us defend really well. It's just going to be an absolute gauntlet of a big 12 play this year. Yeah, Big Twelve is pretty darn good this year. I mean, you know, we just got we got to figure out a way to stay healthy. We got to figure out a way to keep our bigs out of foul trouble, um, because you know that's that's going to be when we struggle as the Knights. So we got Tyrese or any of the bigs sitting on the bench because of foul trouble, and so we're we when we struggle, we're undefeated. I'm sorry, we're, we're undefeated. No, I, but we haven't we haven't gone through four straight weeks of Big Twelve play either. Twelve I mean, and zero. We get to. We get to play Xavier, then we play the Humboldt Nursing Home the next week. I mean, that's not the way it's going to be in the Big 12. 12 and 0, ranked eighth in the nation. We were actually picked 10th in the Big 12. How about that? Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. How long did it take? Yeah, Thanks I, for well, Captain I think Obvious. one thing that is going to help in Big 12 play is having Trey King on the scout team. Yeah. yeah. Like not, it's having not, George and Brockington and all these guys try to guard Trey King is really going to help us prepare for some of these teams that have these long wings that can score. And yeah, I, but also I, I'm just so excited to see Tyrese Hunter grow in big Twelve play. Cause his ceiling is so high. He's the most, the most mature point guard I've ever seen. Monte had a great freshman year, but he had Deandre Kane. Yeah, to kind of lean on. Tyrese is the guy, and he's done Rockington. a phenomenal job. He's an incredible defender. He really well for being a smaller guard, and I just think offensively he's going to continue to grow. The three he doesn't really shoot. That's not a, a big part of his game. I think that's one thing that he'll grow into. But I just think he's going to flourish in in Hilton. I think this team is going to be really really hard to play in Hilton. Just because I feel like we would, even the the Fred teams that didn't play like a defense could defend when Hilton was loud, and I don't know. We're gonna have a lot of big games at Hilton, so it's gonna be really, really fun. And I don't know. I think we'll steal a few on the road too. I think one thing we've never had is a defense that a defense travels a lot more than shooting does. So I think I think our I feel like the goal probably is 500 to get into the NCAA tournament. Even maybe a little under 500 gets into the NCAA tournament, which is how good the Big 12 is. I don't know what my expectations are. I don't know about how do you guys feel as far as what you I expect the rest already, of your, how the, the rest of your year will go. We've over, overcome my goals. My goals was to be fun, <laughs> to be fun again, to have Hilden rocking again. And we we did against Iowa, and we're going to do it on Saturday too. And that's that's literally all I asked for is TJ knows how to use Hilden. He, and he's just over, like, it's just, I'm still speechless over this. We're 12 and 0 in the top 10. And like last year, we thought we will never be good ever again. But he's changed that less than a year, calendar year. We're 
back in the top ten. Isaiah Brockington just yeah. an animal on defense and just he loves Hilton too already because like man because he when he dunks it it's probably him dunking it in Jack, uh, Hilton Coliseum versus wherever the hell Penn State has a little different. Yeah, I just had a random thought come through my mind. So legally or eligibility wise. If he wanted to, I'm not saying he wants to. I'm just throwing this out there. I've never heard anything, but it's just a thought that came through my mind. Charlie Kohler was a pretty darn good basketball player back in the day. If he wanted to, if he wanted to, could he end up suiting up for the basketball team the the rest of the way out if he wanted to? He probably could have last year. Could he? Last year for sure. No, he could. Stevie Johnson did it. Yeah. The, the next year. Stevie Johnson played a semester of football after that, he was done in basketball. Correct. He played he, – yeah. So – Technically, if they wanted to bring Kohler in to be on the scout team, even they could bring him in. Being it'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? What What are you thinking? Because he's a really good basketball player. Charlie Kohler's preparing for the NFL draft. But could you see? But would you see? Put it past him doing it? Just watching his personality. Not everyone's Jeff Beverly who can just switch. Oh, stop with the Jeff Beverly references for the love of God! No one can just like he is like one of the few that can just go be great. On football and just hit corner jump shots at Iowa State. No one can do Still that. Still talking about Jeff Beverly. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Why is it dumb? <laughs> What's dumb about it? Oh, I don't know. The best tight end in Iowa State history <laughs> suiting up, hitting 15 footer corner jump shots. When he probably hasn't picked a basketball since Trey, Can- uh, Trey Young. I guarantee he's picked up a basketball. Guarantee you. Anyway, that would be fun. That would be that would make Fran Fischella's day, wouldn't it? I think I think st- we're a top ten team. Like <laughs> we don't need to be pulling football players like Fred's first year. This yeah. isn't we like pulling. This isn't like pulling Tariq Melton to play point guard. This is we're talking about a kid that played high level basketball with a really really good NBA player. But that's a good point about Trey King in practice. Like rather than that's what that was where I was going. I mean, rather he, than Condit like posting up Cotter Booth in the lane, he's <laughs> posting up a player kind of his height and. Athletic. And Charlie Kohler, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and I, I guess one. So I guess one. I think one player that's really gonna continue. He's playing well all year, but I think he's gonna really find his stroke is Gabe Kalsher. Yeah. I think this break came at a great time. He's had some games where he's absolutely lit it up. He's been struggling. I think it's mostly mental because he has a really good stroke. He. And he doesn't miss by much. It's just he's just a little off. And I think I'm hoping this he kind of got to reset and get in the right mindset. But there's going to be games where he catches fire and he's going to have five threes and Hilton's going to be losing their minds. Didn't Donovan Jackson. But also, so, okay, this just brought up. Let's also appreciate the fact that our man Caleb Grill is shooting 46%. Yeah, insane. The you know basket, the last person to shoot over 46%? The basket has a, has a diameter of 12 feet for him right now. It's, Who was the last person to shoot over 46%, Travis? Tyrus McGee. Yeah. Tyrus McGee. Is Tyrus McGee the only person to ever shoot 40, 46% above? Maybe. And be talking about for, these, for the season? I know Willoughby. Probably, Willoughby had a pretty high percentage, too. He probably he probably shot a lot more, though, because yeah. Willoughby, Willoughby was – if we I could, if I could pick a former Iowa State player – it might be Kelvin Cato or will it be this team to be on to be on this team. Well, Cato would be yeah, Kato. Kato, having a rim protector like Cato would be a game changer because we play pretty similar. 
right? Yeah. Play play similar, especially that who's play faster. Who's who's that like short, power forward guy who was just like Kenny Pratt? Yeah, he he was a dude. Kenny Pratt was good too. Kenny Pratt was like six three on a good day. He was yeah, he's a tough dude. Like he was like a undersized George Niang. Yeah, he's like I wasn't even alive when maybe was I alive when that he played? No, you were not alive. But shout out to Kenny Pratt. Your, your stuff. Shout out to Kenny Pratt. We got Jamie of Joe Rogan's experience trying to. What are you research, doing over there? Research the. I'm looking up to see. He's trying to figure out the percentages, right? Yeah. Best this is great. This is great. Time. A great podcast when they're doing research. So, you guys are talking about Kenny Pratt. Do you think that Miller kid could come play in the practice? He probably could if he wanted to. Six he nine. played the same AAU team as your brother. David Carr, but he's can guard. <laughs> <laughs> David Carr's still playing, so that's not even a not even a fair comparison. Do you think Ass Alec and who should jump shots? This, you guys will when Charlie Kohler runs out of the tunnel on Saturday, you're gonna be think thinking uh, uh, I'm yeah. pretty smart. That is one, <laughs> one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Like, hey, Tom, what do you uh, I bet Brees is pretty good at basketball. He was pretty good was at basketball. Good. He, he was going to play basketball before he played football. Thanks. There's another one right there. <laughs> yeah. Brees, I know you're going to make a million dollars next year, but. Wanna, you didn't want to play. You don't want to. That's the cheesiest bowl, but let's go put some jump shots up. Yeah, whatever. I didn't say Brees. I said Charlie. Same thing. He's trying Brees to, wouldn't make any thing. sense. Yeah, Charlie's a Charlie. top 10, top five tight end of the board right now. All right. Well, we're, we're just going to wrap Maybe this up. Maybe he likes basketball a lot better. This is going downhill. <laughs> it's been downhill for a while, but yeah. we're, it's just. You want to talk about COVID? No. Okay. We've had a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts. Politics? It's been good to air them out. I think Iowa State football is in a good spot, and Iowa State basketball is going to be really fun the next three months, especially if we can find a way in the NCAA tournament. We, um, Nine and nine in the big in the Big Twelve, we're in. I think eight and ten. Yeah, twenty ones. Yeah, I mean, we just have we have to protect Hilton, steal a couple on the road. Kansas City, don't forget about Kansas City. Like we take Kansas over, City. we take over Kansas. City. And we could just win the Big. I mean, I mean, Big Twelve tournament. If we play Baylor, it's going to be a tough game for Baylor. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to be ninety five percent Iowa State fans. If we're if we're still. You know, in the hunt, like we think we will be when we play at Baylor, there's going to be a lot of Iowa State fans at Baylor. They, yeah, they're, no, get, it's, they're getting a new basketball state uh, arena and they're making it smaller than the one before. How, but the one before isn't very big. I know. Inner. That, that's like the roundhouse in Marshalltown. It's that's the same old. thing they did with the football stadium. Yeah. yeah. But they, they seem to be doing okay athletic wise. So, uh, we yeah. We can't really say anything about them. We get number one and they won the Big 12. Number one in basketball. Women's basketball is always the best or close to the best. And football, they won the Big 12. Yeah. They're so, doing something right. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah. Not treating women yeah, well, I, but they're doing something right. Yeah. I think, I don't know, it's just going to be fun. It's, I would say basketball is it's really fun when it's where we're good. And it makes the winters here in Iowa much more easy to deal with and I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm excited to see how we recruit still where TJ's involved with some pretty big names in the next couple of year classes. This five-star kid used to play Waukee just visited. I think Omaha blue. Omaha blue. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. know if he's next year or the year after. But. So these are our next next four games in basketball. Baylor, Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, at Kansas. We're projected oh. to lose our next six games. It's crazy. So they think Texas Tech is going to beat us twice in, in six weeks. Texas Tech's pretty good. Texas, Texas Tech, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no southeast Louisiana there anywhere. No. Yeah, so it's a gauntlet. There's no doubt. We'll learn a lot more on Saturday. There's find out for sure where we're at. It's going to be a, a lot of low-scoring games too, because almost every team defends really well. Yeah, and really, I I can't really name a player that dominates offensively that comes to mind. But yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. It's going to be harder for Isaiah to score than it has been in a lot of those cases. When he goes into the trees against Baylor, it's going to be harder than some of these other teams that were shorter. But should be fun. Can't wait. All right, we'll wrap it up. Remember, uh, still have the deal going on with Grandview Beef. Use the Sound the Sirens promo code STC to get your free beef sticks. But add the beef sticks to the to the uh, um, cart. Their prices are going up. I just found out today, as of January first, because beef prices in general are going up. But it is still, I think that you can quote me, but I think to get a quarter of beef through them is six thirty five a pound something like that in that range which is oh my god really good i mean i so if any of you guys pay attention to what beef prices are so um reach out to them um on on uh, and use the sound of the sirens promo code the stc uh, and then uh, chewworks.com to get the uh um dog, the dog chews we talked about that at nauseam you can still get uh, your free koozie from using stc there too so good people good products we use them all Got new hoodies that are on the YouTube channel. If you're not watching, the black hoodies are on very limited supply. Those are not silk screen. They are embroidered hoodies. They are really nice. Um, still got plenty of T-shirts out there, too, to wear in the stands. And if you do get a shirt or buy something from us online, please uh, give us a shout-out on social media. Tag Sound the Sirens on Instagram or, or uh, Twitter and uh, make sure we're out following us. And Thomas did a couple really cool giveaways this week. I shipped everything out. Um, We'll probably be doing a couple more on, on, on Twitter, so look out for that. If you want to get some free stuff, that's an easy way to do it. All right. Appreciate you joining us from Iowa City, Michael, and uh, go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Be safe on New Year's, everybody.